As a mom, our responsibilities don't change no matter what is going on in the world around us. Today, we're speaking with Mona Hassan, a practicing Muslim who is observing Ramadan. During the month of Ramadan, well, you know what? Let Mona tell her story. I think you'll you'll like it. a married mom of two, want-to-be Martha Stewart, who would rather spend her time planning elaborate dinner parties when in reality, I'm procrastinating about making my family matching t-shirts with my cricket maker. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, I'm Brianne, and I'm an HGTV and Hallmark Channel junkie. I currently live in Houston, Texas with my husband and three young kids. What about being from the Bronx? You made fun of me last time I said it, so it's time to make out. Well, now they know. Brienne's from the Bronx. The Boogie Ann. Hello, Brienne. Hey, Pia. How are you today? Good. Really? Yes. Well, we have a guest today. Uh-huh. Her name is Muna Hassan. How are you today, Muna? I'm good. How are you guys? Or girls? We're very good. We are very good. We are happy and sad that the end of the school year is approaching. Tell me about it. <laughs> Talk up to us. I like I, I said, tell me about, me about it. Because um, our school district already ended yesterday. Really? Um, yeah. So we have full time at home. At least two of the kids are at home. Do you all have big so. plans for the summer? Um, not really. But we're going to see how this Houston summer treats us because it's getting hot already. Yes, it is. It is. It's ridiculously hot. Well, we have Muna on today because she is a Muslim American, and that's not why we have her on. Uh, It's Ramadan. And we'll go, Muna's going to explain to us what Ramadan is, but I thought that it would be nice to talk to a mom who's going through a to me, Ramadan, it's an experience. It's, it's a religious, it's a time of prayer and fasting, but I'm going to let her go into that. But it's 30 days in which, for the most part, which your life has changed. And then for right. a mother, when your routine changes, they can throw you off. It might, it might not. Absolutely. So I'm interested in hearing, well, we're interested in hearing about Muna's experience because it's something that we won't experience, but we want to just know more. Exactly. Yeah, and hopefully moms can sympathize with other moms after they hear this, when they realize, oh, it's a fasting mom, or, you know, something like that. Right, and other Muslim moms out there can relate to you. Exactly. Yeah. So I guess if you could begin, tell, um, just tell us a little bit about yourself, and were you born Muslim, because you're American, and a lot of times people don't identify people being born in this country as Muslim. So were you born Muslim or did you convert? If you, What is your experience? Um, well, I was born a Muslim um, in America, in California. <laughs> uh, my father is an immigrant. He's from Yemen. And my mother's African-American. Okay. Um, and they've raised my brother and I as Muslims. 
so Islam is all that I know. Although I did, my mother was a Christian and I still was kind of raised around the church atmosphere. Mm -hmm. And I have a pretty unique situation where I've gone to Christian school, um, which is kind of rare, I guess, for Muslims. Um, In America, I think that's kind of not rare. It's not uncommon. It's not uncommon. Because I know quite uh, Muslim children here in Catholic schools. Right. Really? See, in California, I was the only Muslim kid in school. So then when they were doing, like, different rituals and stuff, I was like, oh, I'm going to abstain from that. And I'm like, well, why? Right. And that's when it comes out, oh, well, I'm a Muslim. Um, so you didn't but it was a great school? experience. No, not at that age. Okay. Um, but I've been raised a Muslim. I uh, started fasting in like fifth grade I think sixth grade was when it was a full day but um we fast during Ramadan which it is right now I think Ramadan started on before around the fourth of May the fourth of May before you begin tell us what is Ramadan before you go Ramadan is the ninth month of the Islamic calendar year or the Hijri calendar um and during this month it's believed that this is when the Quran uh, was revealed to the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, which means peace be upon him, okay. uh, which is something we have to say after we say his name. Okay. Um, and Ram- well, fasting is one of the five pillars of Islam. So during the month of Ramadan, it is obligatory for us to fast um, if you're an adult, an adult Muslim. Children do not have to fast. What, what age is adult Muslim? Um, it's there's no exact age. It's, it goes by puberty. So whenever boys reach puberty and whenever girls reach puberty and there's different thoughts on that, there's controversy. So like, let's not get into that. Um, (laughs) But it's, it's easier to define for girls because it's like when they get it, they get it. Um, and it goes from there. Boys, it's a little different. Um, Oh, so, but some I, get it so young. Like, no. Yeah, exactly. And uh, in a fiqh class, which is like an Islamic jurisprudence class, um, a lot of the moms were empathizing with that. They're like, well, I didn't get it until I was 13, and my daughter's getting it at nine. This isn't fair for her, that kind of thing. But it's mm-hmm. like these days, just children are... Um, are menstruating at different ages so it becomes obligatory um at puberty um so what we're fasting from i know people look at it as like just food and drink Mm -hmm. but it's really not it's from sexual behavior or sexual relations uh sinful behavior cursing and sinful behavior is kind of ambiguous, but, and it's something that we should be doing all the time. <laughs> um, but it's like, really be on your best behavior during this time, because it's time for like spiritual reflection and a time for you to get closer to your religion and to Allah, which Allah is just the Arabic word for God. Um, we're supposed to be reading more Quran, which is the holy book, praying more extra prayers, doing extra good deeds to compensate for those sinful behaviors that you do <laughs> during other times of the year. Um, smoking is also, I mean, 
I don't want to call it sinful behavior, but it's also something that is, uh, that we're not supposed to do. So you're not supposed to smoke during Ramadan or during your fasting time. Um, What am I leaving out? Well, maybe the goals of Ramadan are to gain more spirituality, but also to empathize with those that are less fortunate than you because all like we have food and water if we just leave it at food and water we have access to that all the time but think about those that don't it just allows you time to reflect of what other people are going through I feel like it's more of a humbling experience and kind of brings you back to reality of like you know really worrying about that basic necessity because it's really hard in the beginning when you're fasting you're like oh my god I need water I need water um but imagine what people that don't have access to that are feeling you know and it's supposed to just kind of bring you bring you back to that I guess um yeah I'm trying to think what else what are Um, the pillars of Islam so the first is to have faith or iman, and that is done with you um, believing that there's no God but God and that Muhammad is his last prophet. Um, the next is prayer, fasting. Um, I should know this, but I'm fasting, guys. So <laughs> my train of thought is like, you're fascinated. I have so. sick kids and I'm running on like little sleep. Um, so <laughs> faith, prayer, fasting, um, the pilgrimage and giving charity. And that's what I also want to touch on the charity during Ramadan. You're supposed to give an obligatory amount of, well, you don't have to do it during Ramadan, but it's usually like practice that you give zakat before you break your fast and the month of Ramadan ends. Um, it's better to do this during Ramadan because we believe that you get more good deeds. Everything could be doubled or, you know, it's just better to do it while you're fasting with these pure intentions. Right. Um, so something else I want to touch on is that not everybody has to fast. I kind of told you guys about kids that, they don't have to fast, but also um, the ill, the chronically ill. I mean, you can only imagine if you have diabetes or some other kind of chronic illness that you have to take medications throughout the day right. that um, you, you're you not obligated, obligated to fast. But is there a, a way that they can still experience the blessings from the fast? Like maybe they can fast for three hours. Not eat chocolate cake. Right. <laughs> You're sounding like it's, uh, is that during Lent? Yeah. See, I know all about that because I'm a Catholic. From Catholic school? Uh, <laughs> you can't fast, but keep your meals basic or it just, it just because, doesn't. Uh, and, you know, it's all about the intentions. It's about the intentions. Like, God knows what you're intending to do. But if it's not obligatory on you, you can find other ways of, like, giving charity so that you can still um, receive those benefits i know that i've heard that feeding the poor um or feeding people that are fasting mm-hmm. can kind of get you some sort of blessings but right. i'm not the expert yet 
works. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to learn more and more and more um, so that I can answer questions like these better. But Because I just um, feel like not eating um, and not drinking also puts you physically in a, a different space where your yes. thoughts are different. Yes. And which is a sort of a blessing because it brings new ideas that you just necessarily wouldn't have. And I also feel like not just by um, God knowing that you're fasting, but so I feel like maybe they're missing that experience, but you're saying that they also get that through giving. Giving. Mm-hmm. I can mm-hmm. see that as well. Okay. That's true. And you know, when you're not, you're, you're kind of like, when you remove the food and water from your thought process, I mean, do you know how much time we spend on thinking about what are we going to eat for lunch? Like we just finished breakfast right. and sometimes we're already thinking about planning the next meal and it's exhausting and it takes up a lot of space. <laughs> it really does. So now you can be thinking about other things. Like there's things that are coming back to me now and I'm like, oh, I didn't do that. Because I've been so caught up and worried about other stuff. It really gives clarity. you some clarity. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. So how is this? Is it a season of Ramadan? How is it? How do you describe it? Or is it just Ramadan? Or um, What do you mean exactly? Like, I, I guess my question is, how has this Ramadan experience been so far? So would I call it a season or is it just Ramadan? Or a period um, of time? I, yeah, how would you work? I think it's kind of all of okay. those things because, and I know here in the U.S., it's kind of hard celebrating Ramadan when nobody else is celebrating. Um, like your neighbors are not all Muslim, so they're not decorating their houses with lights and things like that. And I can say that experiencing Ramadan in the U.S. and experiencing it outside of the U.S. has been... I've had more of appreciation for Ramadan after experiencing outside because I get to see like how they decorate and how happy everyone is. And you feel like that seasonal, like makes you want to be jolly and you're (laughs) kind of like during Christmas time. Um, And here you try to like compensate and do that for your kids to like decorate or make things look nice or just like put different traditions into place um and it's it's I feel like it's a time of education too for my kids I mean I try to use all the time to educate them but during this time I try to hone in and like oh well this is what we do you know before we break our fast little prayers or things like that just to teach them so they feel the spirit and as they're getting older this year like they were expecting certain things because now they like no they were expecting us to like watch our usual shows uh you know after we break our fast that we get kind of via we used to get them via satellite but now they're on youtube um (laughs) just a little different because there's like arabic um series that come on during ramadan only they are four five and nine okay about to be ten that's another story um (laughs) but they've expected that they expect us to go to the mosque more because we usually go for the iftars which are the iftar is the breakfast um that we do in the evening they're expecting certain foods um 
Yeah, I didn't even realize that they had those expectations. So I'm like, okay, I'm doing a good job. (laughs) Because they're they're recognizing like, oh, it's Ramadan. Mom's going to be reading Quran and we're going to have this for dinner. And, you know, all those different things. Because I'm like, I'm trying to give them dinner since it's so late. Mm -hmm. So now we're fasting from sunset or sunrise, which is at about 5.15 in the morning to sunset that's like at 8 15 and their usual dinner time is at six or so right give or take (laughs) and 8 15 is really late for them to be eating but they're insisting on staying up to participate and i'm like can you guys just do it on weekends they're like no we want to stay up so we're praying together and they're waiting to eat until eight they yeah, eat. They still eat early. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then they want to eat those special things later. And I'm like, can I just give them to you early? And they're like, no, we want to oh, eat them later. So yeah, yeah. And I, I, at first, like first couple of days, I was like, their sleep's gonna be messed up. But then they've done well with it. You know, I told them, please don't complain if you want to stay up. Please don't complain when it's time to get up in the morning. <laughs> but yeah, I guess I hope that answers the question. I think it did. Uh, but how has this season been going? This Ramadan season been going for you? Um, it's more challenging because we just this is our first Ramadan here in Houston. Uh, we moved from California. We moved from the San Francisco Bay Area in November, um, and now it's getting hot and it's more humid, and it's just not having water. <laughs> Oh. it's really the challenge it's like the sun is beaming on you here um i'll get used to it i think eventually but <laughs> i'm like running from place for with air conditioning to the next place air conditioning i'm really trying to like time how fast we can go through and i might um, for air conditioning yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they, they know it's hot they, they, they yes. i don't think it's yeah. legal to have places without i mean yeah it shouldn't be it shouldn't be i remember in the bay area we didn't used to have air conditioning on the buses um yeah well it doesn't get that hot there in some places so it wasn't like a really big issue when you have like a couple days of the year that are really hot but here i was i was so worried because we didn't have a car I was so worried. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get on this bus during Ramadan and be fasting. <laughs> and even not. Pia, you said you were concerned. You were like, how are you going to be walking and out here with no water? You've got to drink water. Like, no, <laughs> Pia, I can't. I've got to, I've got to abstain from everything. So it's been a challenging Ramadan. Okay. So wait, so That's this for is sure. first Ramadan in Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, and you do not have a car, so you're taking public transportation and walking around. Mm-hmm. That would be <laughs> Let's take a break and come back and answer those questions, okay? Okay. All right. All right, so we are back. And before the break, or a little pause, Brienne was asking Muna about her experiences during Ramadan as a mother new as a mother new to the city of houston without a car 
He <laughs> is rising. Exactly. Because I know. Can't cover. You are, and, and I know we're not going to ask you, are you hot? Because we know you're hot. Because you're hot. <laughs> so I know me, it's like between the house and the car or the car, wherever I'm going, I'm miserable. It's hot. I don't, I don't like the heat. So, so tell us, how does, how does it work? How do you, I mean, that, that's a sacrifice. So you should be getting extra points. Thin material. <laughs> Thin materials. Okay. Um, like I can't show you guys, or the the listeners won't be able to see, but like I have really thin pants that are um, what do you call it? Kind of like linen? the materials that you wear. No, not even linen. Linen is good too. Um, Organ. Kind of like the material that you use as like a cover up when you're going to the pool. Okay. or something like it's, it's not a silk it might be a fake silk of some sort <laughs> but it's really thin it's breathable right and when i go outside like i feel air going through it's hot air okay, perfect but i feel air okay. um i have a quick question to ask because i hate the sun touching me like being okay, on my that's why, and that's why i don't like so the much. sun touching me either so does that so, help being covered with the, the sun physically burning your skin mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm, I feel like my hands are getting roasted um, in my face, too, a little bit. Like, I was already looking this morning. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Um, my face is a different color in my neck already. And it's only been just, like, a couple of weeks of actual yeah. sun here. Because wasn't it just raining? I don't know. Houston's weather is a whole other podcast. Um, <laughs> and my experience is a newbie to Houston. But I have noticed that there's some similarities in the Houston weather with the Middle Eastern climate that I've experienced during the summer. As I mentioned before, my father's from Yemen, and I've gone there like every summer from like 1997 until maybe 2008. Haven't been in a while now, but during the summer, it's hot and you get used to it after a while. It takes about two weeks. So right, I'm on the cusp of where, like, I'm getting used to it, but it I'm hasn't not. Gotten there yet. Yeah. yeah. Much- <laughs> and, that's, see, and that's what everybody's saying. And I'm like, is it really still going to be humid here? This is That's going to be a challenge. See? Stop. And, and I'm, I'm already <laughs> complaining. I've been complaining for the past two weeks, but I know that it's going to become incrementally worse every day. I'm just going to stay inside. October. <laughs> like I, I minimize right now during Ramadan. I'm really minimizing what I need to go out for. Um, I'm just taking the kids to school, and right now, thank goodness we're borrowing a car. Um, so I take the kids to school. I might go to the grocery store if I need something, but it has to be like an absolute dire need for me to go <laughs> just and out here because it's it's. There's so many hours that I have to fast, and I'm not trying to sound like a baby, but it's just hard. It's really hot. It's warm. And, and that's it's why I made that comment earlier about when you were saying that I had told you to drink water. Luna was walking her son to daycare. Okay. And it's like a three quarter, three quarters of a mile, if not more. It's a, it's like one point seven miles. <laughs> In my mind, that's travel, and I know that when you're when you're Islamic, you can break you can eat while traveling i'm like that's yeah. four miles let's travel but that's still that's still too close <laughs> i think the rule is like if it's outside if it's like 50 miles or more 
it's your and that's traveling. Movie. Yeah, they they try to go. Call like Pia, come pick me up. I'm on the corner. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you. I appreciate that. Well, you trying apologize to apologize if I no 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 no. It's just I don't want to make the days up later because that's another thing. If you don't fast, then you have to make the days up, and it's better just do it now, get yeah, it all done. Everyone else, it's like a test. Yeah. Get this when you're off. fasting by yourself, it's. I mean, it's still great, but it's like mm, it's better to get a friend to fast with you, so you know someone else is going through this tough time. So, yeah. Well, are any of your children fasting? Um, I think because of the weather, they haven't been as eager to fast this year. Because <laughs> usually, <laughs> I try to uh, get them to just abstain at least for like half a day. And my oldest was doing it, but it was a little challenging for her. She said as soon as she went outside, like at school, she was like, "I can't." Do um. Yeah. So I told her i said you know when school ends then you can start fasting or kids fast on the weekends just just to try to train her right. to do it i know it sounds weird yeah yeah you're right it's just yeah you just abstain from those things that you love the most um but that's similar to what my father did with me and i know my father-in-law that's what he did um, with my husband is just get them to start off to feel like, oh, I'm fasting with everybody else. Um, even if it's just half a day or you get all the kids to fast until three o'clock or something like that, you know, just to get them used to it. Because my first year of fasting was in fifth grade, but then it became obligatory for me to fast the next year. So I only got one training one Ramadan. <laughs> so it was, um, and I fasted because my dad was fasting. I said, oh, I felt bad that he was fasting alone. Right. So I said, oh, I'm going to fast with you. And he's like, just fast half a day. You see, he wasn't sure how I would do it. And progressively through the month, I just added like an hour and an hour. But again, that was during the winter time. So it was a shorter day and it's it was not hot. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think we discussed yeah. two Ramadan moves. Yes, explain the um the cat. What is the name of the, the lunar calendar? Yeah, the calendar. we we go well. The Islamic calendar is called the Hijri calendar, and we follow the moon cycle or the lunar cycle. So, like the month begins when the new moon comes, and then it ends when what is that called? At the end of the month, there's a name for that moon. I'll, I'll think of it, but it's when you cannot see the moon anymore, then it's okay. The moon is um, exiting that month, I guess, and the cycle is going to start again. So the month starts again. After the waxing. And once you spot, yes. So once you see the crescent for the new month, that means um, the month has gone out and the new month has entered. So we have people that are watching. Um, that are moonsiders like that's just what they do mm-hmm. yeah and it, it i've noticed that it kind of moves between maybe like 10 to 14 days up each year so mm-hmm. it's not the same you can't say like oh ramadan is going to be starting may 4th every year that is not where anyone wants it i don't think mm-hmm. um <laughs> just because it's hot but 
it, it's never the same. It's constantly right. moving. And I, I kind of appreciate that because I thought Ramadan was pretty easy in the fall sometimes mm-hmm. uh, because it was like, oh, the sun, at least in California, the sun was coming up like six in the morning and it was going down maybe like four, four thirty, almost five during the fall and the winter months. And now it's like you have a deeper appreciation and more time to reflect and feel what others are feeling that don't get a chance to eat and don't get a chance to drink on a regular, you know, so there's benefits to it moving, but, um, yeah, you just have to keep up with the moon sightings to follow and see when it will be. But, uh, this is going to be an ignorant question for me. No questions are ignorant. Well, it's not even about religion. It's really about science. So I'm just going to blame the American school system for the fact that I don't know this. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> but does, does the moon change, look differently in different parts of the world? Like, it, I don't think so. Here in, like, in America, but in England, it's going to be a full moon. Like, does it look different in different parts? It shouldn't because of... No, it shouldn't be. Off. No. Yeah, no. It yeah. doesn't. It's Rotated. it's the same everywhere. Okay. It may be, like, a different angle. That's what I mean, the angle. But this- it wouldn't be, like, a big difference of, like, in Europe, they're having a full moon. In North America, we're having a crescent moon. Okay. No. I guess maybe, like, the super moon when we're tilted more. To- yeah, or, like, when we have eclipse uh, or yeah, things I, like I, that. I Sometimes we have an eclipse, they don't, or you mm-hmm. have to be in a certain part of the country to see the eclipse yes. better than the others. So I wasn't sure. Yeah, okay. yeah. There's different, there's different angles, but it will still be on like the same phase of the moon cycle, I guess. Okay, okay. And you yeah. said it's a nine month calendar? No, no. Ramadan is the ninth month ninth on the calendar, but it's twelve months. Too. It's twelve months, but it's months. since it's on a twenty-eight day moon cycle. Yeah, sometimes it goes from like twenty-eight to thirty days. Okay. Okay. Mm, yeah. And oh, something else I wanted to mention about being a mother during Ramadan is it's not obligatory for us to fast if we're breastfeeding or pregnant. Mm. So yeah, you get exemptions that have to be made up, but they have um, to be made up. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So you make them up at a later time. That's all. It's, uh, you get to choose. Like, I've got like some back days. pay. We're going to say I have some back pay of Ramadan days that I have to make up because I had my last two children like 15 months apart. So there were a few months, a few Ramadans that I was not fasting like years in a row right. because of segments, like 10 days here, 10 days there. No, I, you can, I mean, you choose when to, it's, it shouldn't be a burden on you. So you can choose to make up your fast. And even when you're menstruating, you have to make up those days later. You don't have to make them up during Ramadan, but you can make them up during, I mean, uh, the winter, I mean, the summer months, you don't have to do them in the summer. You can wait till the winter to do them. And that's what you can't fast either. No, you can't fast because we're not praying during that time. Women get a break. <laughs> That's okay. what I like to say. Women get a break. I used to look at it like, oh, I'm missing time. But actually, it's just a break. Our bodies are going through a lot during that time. So. Yeah, I don't think I can focus on prayer if I'm cramping. 
exactly so we get a break we should look at it as like i think like the feminist part of me was like no this and this you know we're not gonna go there today though ladies um but (laughs) it's really a break like once you realize like how tired you get during Mm -hmm. menstruating how could you fast and menstruate at the same time right that would be challenging so you don't have to make them up in the summer or whatever month or days that Ramadan ends, you can wait until the shorter days um, and make them up. It's totally legal. So (laughs) (laughs) it's, uh, that's what I try to do. I try to do that. So what have you tried to most impart on your children? I think you might've answered that because you were talking about how they were, how they were eager to participate in in activities for Ramadan. So what is it about this time that you, what lesson do you want your children most to learn? Um, that, that is a good question, Pia. I want them to learn so much. I don't think I've really like focused on the gems that I really want them to take away with them. But this year has shown me that whatever I'm doing, I'm doing all right because they're getting <laughs> something. But I want them to know that this is a time where Muslims and non-Muslims can celebrate and be together. Um, and just remember a lot. They should be remembering God all the time. But I want them to really use this as a time to get closer to their spirituality. Um, Last year, I tried to not make it so much about food, but of course they love food. <laughs> and I try to show them like more of the spiritual things about prayers. And I try to teach them so that they can hopefully do the same traditions with their children one day. Um, so I guess if they just enjoy this time and learn something, learn different prayers and different traditions then that's all that I really want them to do and I want them to just grow up and be good Muslims too um I want to show them that there's charity work that we can do um not only during Ramadan but all the time so that they continue doing that because I know in California we used to do quite a bit of volunteering it's okay if you um, talk to them. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't want to be drinking water too fast. Mm-hmm. What about, like, what are some of the traditions that you do during Ramadan? Um, and what are some of the special foods that you keep talking about? Yes. <laughs> I want to know. What are they, <laughs> know you guys what are they waiting up for? <laughs> um, they're waiting up for, I'll answer the food question first. They're waiting up for sambusa which is i don't know if you've had those before indian and pakistani and i think afghans they also make those but they're like a triangular fried stuff yeah Yeah, they call them samosa and we call them sambusa it's the same thing they love those they love anything fried um (laughs) you can make also i can i can i just gotta get the energy um (laughs) what else are they waiting up for um she's telling you well, they like yeah she's telling me she likes chicken tikka masala which is a an indian dish but we've kind of brought it into our home um i also make some other like yemeni foods that they like one what is called shafut 
Shaput is a, um, it's like a spicy buttermilk dish mixed with a bread called laho in Arabic, but in, it's, you guys, have, if you've had Ethiopian food, okay. it's called injera. Okay. It's like a spongy bread. Mm-hmm. It's similar since the countries are close together. So right. they kind of share some of the same cuisine. Um, the Yemeni version is not as sour. Okay. So the kids, they love it either way. Because um, we also have some <laughs> some Ethiopian traditions that we've infused in our lives. Um, but that those are the two things that they, or the three things that they really love. And... I feel like I just put more of an effort during Ramadan to cook more traditional foods rather than, you know, the mac and cheese right. and whatever other pasta dishes that they love. It's more of our cultural foods. So I think that they'd like to experience that. Right. And what was the other question that you asked, Brianne? I'm so sorry. Uh, traditions besides food. Oh, the tradition. Um, because there songs that you sing. You said you put up lights sometimes. Uh, we put we have put up lights, try to do like different decorations and tell stories of like the prophets, um, times of Ramadan, like in during different times of what they used to do during their time. I try to tell them personal stories of like how I experienced Ramadan in Yemen. Um, just kind of just getting closer together those are those are some of the traditions that we do we also go to the mosque to have iftars which is a break fast with friends and family that are at the mosque um we also go to people's house to do iftars right it's just a time to get together and it's like 30 days of that it's a lot but it's, it's fun yeah and i've noticed that it has helped raising them here in the u.s i mean of course they're exposed to other holidays and we want them to feel really strongly about the islamic holidays so we have to put more of an effort in to show them that these days are important just like you know when we go to the mall during christmas time and we see the lights up and we see all the decoration we have to show them we have to show them (laughs) that ramadan is just as important Right. So, okay. yeah. Well, I have one final question. It's based off of something you said about you want your children to be good Muslims. What constitutes being a good Muslim? I think they're going to have to define that on their own. But how I define a good Muslim is just being really kind and peaceful to others. And fulfilling your obligations that, you know, like fasting, praying. Um, But it's mostly of how you put things out there to the world. I don't know. That's a hard question, Pia. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Because there's, I think there's so many aspects to being a good person in general, but I just want to make sure that my kids don't grow up to be entitled brats. Right. Um, I want I don't them... think they're going to become those. <laughs> no, you've experienced them. I don't think so either. It's just, it's a constant worry because we have to, like I, I've lost my parents really early and I try to remember the things that they've taught me and I just worry 
am I teaching my kids similar values so that they can go out and be good people in the world? Because if my parents didn't, I don't know where I would be. Um, so I just want to make sure that they're kind to people, they're obligated to their faith, and that they do work outside of the home too. It's not just about inside your home. It's about your community. It's about your city. It's about your country. And then it's about the world. Like there's, there's levels. I don't want them to just worry about, oh, behind these four walls, I'm taking care of business. You need to take care of, you know, the entire world eventually, you know? Yeah. Does that make sense? Okay. I've enjoyed talking with you today. I'm inspired to go spend time with my children and talk about my childhood with them and make sure they're good people. Exactly. (laughs) Yes. You're definitely on the right path. Thank you. And that's and that's being in Islam. We want to remain on the righteous path. So Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us today. And thank you for having me. You're welcome and have a great day and a pleasant what's a what's a Ramadan, Ramadan blessing? Or a greeting or what would you say? Uh, Ramadan Kareem. Ramadan, Ramadan Kareem. Yes. yes. And Ramadan ends with Eid al Fitr, which is um, the celebratory time of breaking your fast. So that'll be coming up in the next like 13 days. See, this is like the dead center of it for you then. Yeah. And it gets hard, but it's a hump. You get over it. Yeah, right. It's, like, it's Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll talk to you later. All right. All right. Bye. Goodbye, Bye. Goodbye. The podcast is over, but that does not mean that the conversation has to end. Connect with Brianne and I on Instagram at Mommy, Where Is My Shoe? Or you may email us at podcast at Mommy, Where Is My Shoe.com. We also have a website, so check it out www.mommywhereismyshoe.com. Before you go, do us a favor. If you like Mommy Where Is My Shoe, the podcast, please rate us in your app. And if you don't like it, email us at podcast at mommywhereismyshoe.com and tell us why. Either way, thank you for the feedback. Goodbye.